Welcome to another episode of I Call Next, where a group of guys from the D.C. suburbs call next on all the biggest sports topics of the week. And what we're talking about here today is sports topics for D.C. Washington is done with their draft. Um, I think they did well. I think they always do well. So I don't know what you guys thought, um, but three days of drafting in the books. Let me start with this. The week of the draft, before even Thursday kicked off, I thought Washington made a hell of a great move. They made a trade with Miami, brought back Eric Flowers, the left guard that stood out last year. And it's not just the fact that they made the trade. They paid nothing. Um, they swapped first-round picks. They didn't give up a – I'm sorry, not swap first-round picks. They swapped seventh-round picks. And they mm. didn't just give up a seventh. They got a seventh back. They just moved a little bit further back in the seventh. Miami is still playing a majority of the contract that Eric Flowers yeah. has this next year. And so it's win-win-win situation for Washington. You got a starting left guard, which we didn't have that many problems at left guard last year, but like you got a starting caliber guy for the price of nothing. I thought it was a hell of a great move before the draft even started. Um, but let's go into the first pick, Jamin Davis. You guys tell me what Washington got out of him. So, I mean, like, I, I'm sure we all have read everything, seen everything by now. Like this guy's just like, he he's a guy that's always been that athletic freak. He's been compared to Darius Leonard. Um, he's a, also compared to be like a slightly bigger joke. Um, and I, that's why that like they predicted him to be like that fourth or fifth linebacker coming off. Um, and he ends up being one of the top guys after Michael Parsons. He he's one of the faster guys out of all the linebackers. He's one of the stronger guys out of the linebackers and he can actually cover. Um, yeah. the, the thing about him, his downside is he's just, he's a one-year wonder so far, you know, he's only stacked up one season that you can't blame him for that. Um, you know, obviously he did well enough in that one season to show that he's a top linebacker getting drafted. If we didn't take him, someone else was going to take him near the top. Um, I love the pick strictly just because a who who's coaching him up and B what he has in front of him. Like our linebackers didn't play necessarily bad, but they were definitely the weak point of our defense. Like our defense was still a top five defense last year. And we've just added a bigger piece to our linebacking core. Um, and you combine that with William Jackson on the outside, it, you just got better across the, the whole board on defense. So, Gogi, what about you? I love it. I think that I, – ooh, I didn't mean to hit that. I think I love it because he's going to be a really coachable dude. And one of the things I read was that he's coachable and, a, and is he holds himself accountable, right, which is what you want from a guy that's going to be in the middle, right, or playing off the side. But he's going to be sitting behind a line. That's going to be great. And his only job will be either to rush the quarterback or just grab the guy – that's running up the middle. That's going to be his only job, and he's fast enough to do it and strong enough to do it. I did read that he's not – he doesn't play as fast as he, like, runs his 40. Like, he ran, like, a 4-4-40, but he doesn't play that fast. But the one great part is that he can he can cover tight ends, which I think in the NFL is a big deal. Having play recognition on pass plays and stuff, all the tape that I showed you guys – I think I sent you guys that – video of it like his play recognition and being able to keep up with a with a halfback yo that's awesome so 
And having Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio to coach you up and being willing to take the coaching, I think it's a great situation. I mean, you look I at our defense last year, man, like one of our biggest holes was our linebacking coverage. Mm-hmm. You'd see John Bostic get burned in coverage all the time. Yep. And uh, Kevin St. Pierre, whatever his name, Pierre, Kevin Pierre Lewis. Yeah. Um, same thing there, right? He's no longer mm-hmm. on the team, but like he just kept getting burned over and over and over again. And it like, it's always like, you know, they have guys running crossing routes. Jamin Davis is a guy that can keep up on the crossing routes. And he's also a guy that can undercut those crossing routes to pick off the ball. And he has the hands to do it. He's done it before he's been able to score touchdowns like that. And I, I love the pick. There was one play against Florida. It was only really one play, but he was about to get burned a little bit by um, what's his face. Pitts. Um, Pitts, right? By Kyle Pitts. But he does one thing that a lot of people don't do. He put his hand in front of his eyes right? To at least, you know, the guy's more athletic than you and whatever, right? And it was, it was a slightly poorly thrown ball. Um, wait, put a hands in, put hands right in front of his face, right? So you can't see the ball, at least make it difficult for the guy. And that's like just intelligence of like, in that moment, making like at least a little bit harder, even if you're getting burned, right? Like, I like little things like that, where you like, it's football is so much like split, split second, like decision-making and you have to make, do that there. And he does that. And I think that's going to be, that's the good part about him. I think he's going to be raw and you're going to see mistakes from him this year, but I mean, that's fine. It's just a rookie. We can get, we, it, the, the rest of the defense should be there to help him out. So it shouldn't just be all on him anyway. So I think it's a good situation that he's in. I also like to pick and part of me wonders, do I like it? Because I'm going to like whatever they pick. Um, I don't know, but I think it's a good pick. Um, I trust Ron Rivera to draft linebackers because of his track history, right? Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson, Thomas Davis. He knows what to look for in linebackers. I actually think the opposite. I don't think Jamin Davis is going to make mistakes. I think he's going to have a hell of a rookie year. Um, I think he's going to put himself in the rookie of the year conversation. I think he's going to get 10 tackles a game and he's going to use all of that four, three, seven speed running on the outside of this defense. I think he'll be the future middle linebacker, but I don't think he's going to play middle linebacker his rookie year. I think we still bring John Bostic back. I think he plays opposite of Cole Holcomb. And honestly, I think he takes advantage. Something that JK said in the other segment, he's going to benefit from that D line. Um, He's going to play behind it and he's going to really clean up. Those D line will take up the offense alignment and he's going to pop free and grab that running back before the running back has a chance to even find a hole. Um, I think, He's a great athlete, and I think he's going to excel with this defense. Only two linebackers got picked before him. One of them was Michael Parsons, who I think may have a higher ceiling, but I don't know if Ron Rivera would have drafted him, even if he was available, because Ron Rivera is big on character. And obviously, all of us by now know the um, reports and rumors about Micah Parsons' questionable character. The only other guys is Zayvon Collins, that Arizona drafted three picks before out of Tulsa, I don't know why they drafted him. They obviously like him. I'm happy that Ron picked um, Jamin Davis. I'm, I'm stoked for him. I'm pumped for him. I hope he be, he ends up being what we all hope he is. Um, great pick. And I think everyone else is also telling us he's a great pick. The only thing to worry about is when we drafted Dwayne Haskins and Montez Sweat the same year, everyone nationwide said A-plus grade for Washington in the first round. So you got to take it all with a grain of salt. I mean, yeah, I would have I mean, been... I would have just saying to your earlier point, you wouldn't have been upset with some of the picks. If they had taken Leatherwood there, 
if he was still there, if they had taken Zayvon Collins, if he was still there, if they had taken um, the Notre Dame guy, JOK, um, there, I would have been upset. Like, I, there were guys that if they had taken them there, if Mac Jones had fallen and we had taken there, I would be upset. I'd live with it, but I'd be upset. If we had taken Justin Fields there, I'd be like, all right, maybe we're doing something here. But um, this, I was good with this pick after reading into it. I, I was really good with the pick after looking into it. Yeah, I mean, the, the it's just the more that I read about him, like the more that I think he's a better player than originally thought. Um, and also, it's not like the players that have come out of like you got to remember, Bed, Bud Dupree came out of uh, Kentucky. Josh Allen a couple of years ago came out from Kentucky as well. Not the Jacksonville Josh Allen, not the not the other one up in Buffalo. But like they know what they're doing with their linebackers, and personally, I feel like. Like you guys have been saying, he's a very coachable guy and he's working with two coaches or three coaches. If you include, include the uh, linebackers coach for Washington that all have played the position in the NFL, they know what they're doing. They're highly respected guys. He also comes back from a military background, which Ron's familiar with. He knows how like, you know, high character guys. And personally, I just feel like this can, this has the potential to be a home run hit because of the willingness to be coached the coaching that you have around him and the team that you have around him which will allow him to make his job easier in the get-go while he learns everything agreed um yeah i like it he wasn't on my radar i think all of us thought the notre dame linebacker jok um would have been the guy if he was available that washington would have went after but I, like I said, it's probably hindsight bias. We're probably falling in love with them because he's the guy that our team. Well, I, I definitely do think like they could have probably traded a little bit further down. Did they reach for him? Maybe I like, but at the same time, if he's the guy, he's the guy. Right. Like, who, who gives a shit if they take him here at 19 mm-hmm. in comparison to 12, if they got him at 12 and he ends up being the defensive rookie of the year, are you not happy with that pick? Exactly. Right. Like I, if, even if they took him at five and he's the defensive rookie of the year, I'll be happy. Exactly. Right. So it's all out of sight, out of mind. In my opinion, it's like, you get your guy, you never like some of these guys fall, fall. Some of them get picked very high. You never know what you're going to get with them until they're in the, in the building. They're getting coached up. They mesh with your team. And you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to be upset that we, let's say, missed out on someone or didn't go for another guy and to go over for this guy if this guy ends up being, a, you know, a stud. I, I want to ask you guys about the rest of the draft because you guys always preach, take the best player available, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you think he was the best player available or a position of need that they liked a lot? I think he... W- Number one, I also do think that the best player available at that point was Najee Harris, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no need to go best player available in that instance, right? Because I I live with two different mindsets, right? If you are <laughs> a team that is going like one or two players away, go best player available, right? That Like you have to go best player available. We're not a team that's one or two players away, right? We're a couple players away. So you need to go best player available that fits. So if 
truly did have him as their highest ranked defensive player. Okay. He was the best player available. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just wanted to throw that out there because when I said the Najee Harris thing, I'm like, they're a couple people away that they should get the position of need, in my opinion, so they can win it. But hey, that's it. Let's not talk about the Steelers. I don't want to talk about the Steelers. I was just throwing, I just want to throw a wrench in it, but I guess it didn't work. Um, no, I mean, look, it, hey, let real quick, let's talk about the Steelers because I get where you're saying their offensive line sucks, but do they really suck? Like, I mean, yeah. granted, they not that they, they suck, they lost their guys. They lost, um, well, in a way, I know they, they lost they Andrew lost, Willis or whatever. And then on the other end, they lost Bud Dupree and they lost, they lost defensive pieces. Pouncey retired. Pounce, exactly. So that's, that's two guys in your, in your line you've already lost. I get that. I get How that. are you going to run the ball if you don't have a line? They're going to figure it out. Don't worry They're about it. Let's, let's stay with Washington. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. interesting thing, leading into our second round pick, the interesting thing that West Washington fans need to follow is finding out how successful Jamin Davis is compared to Joke, who we could have drafted in the second round because Cleveland drafted Joke one pick after we drafted our second round pick, Samuel Cosme. We could have drafted Darisaw, the Virginia Tech offensive tackle, instead of Jamin Davis in the first. He was still available then. And then if we needed a linebacker, instead of drafting Jamin Davis, we could have drafted Joke in the second, who got picked one pick after the tackle that we ended up drafting. So if Joke ends up being better than Jamin, and if Darisaw ends up being better than Samuel Cosme, who we drafted, we'll probably kick ourselves. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll definitely kick ourselves, but you also got to remember, like, it's not like J.J. Watt was the first pick in the draft. It's not like, you know, it, like you get guys that go in like the middle of the first or later in the second or whatever that end up having other player like other players that are ranked higher than them get drafted before them, and you know. Everyone's always kicking themselves. Remember, uh, Brady, greatest quarterback of all time now, apparently. Um, he was drafted in the sixth round. He's passed on by every team six times, if not yeah. more. That's an anomaly. So that's an anomaly. It, it that's is a- an anomaly. But yeah. like, all right, go back, go back to when JJ Watt was drafted, right? Like, it's not like he was a top 10 pick. And you he's a three-time defensive player of the year. Yeah, I I, I was making the argument on the Tom Brady because you don't want to admit anything about the man. That's all not fight words, not fight words at all. This is what I'm saying. Like just because you're not the higher drafted player doesn't necessarily mean you won't end up being the better player. Fair enough. You have to end up in the right situation, right? That's, that's like a big thing. I like, look, it's not always also just about the right situations. It's yeah. That's plays one of the biggest parts of it. Are you in the right situation? But it's also like J.J. Watt's one of the hardest working players. Yep. If if Jamin Davis or uh, Sam or what was his name again? Samuel Cosby. Cosby. Samuel Cosby. If he's a hardworking guy and he can do his job and do it right and do just enough, I'm okay with it. If he ends up, if he ends up, all right. Let me ask you another thing. If Joke ends up being the better player for a short term. And Samuel Cosme plays 10 years on the line and is in the league, but jokes in the league for like four or five years, but is a baller and just, you know, ends up kind of fading after four or five years. Who, who wins at that point? 
Well, I mean, this is, it sounds like you're saying you would rather have the Jamin Davis scenario, the long-term mediocre success rather than the very short but high success. But that's in conflict to what you were saying earlier when we were talking RG3, and you said it's better to have that one NFC East championship. Different scenario, different scenario. So I'm talking about actual team versus individual player, right? With the team getting the one division title, and however many years we have not had that at all, right? There's been zero success for me as a Washington football fan up until RG3 mm-hmm. winning me that division title. Mm-hmm. Now, if I have a pl- individual player that is mediocre for an extended period of time, but very serviceable, right? Think of him as if Samuel Cosby ends up being like a John Jansen right very serviceable for an over an extended period of time i think the i think what the problem is is you're trying to compare quarterback to an offensive lineman and an average quarterback doesn't last an average lineman will very much last because yeah. so it's not apparent right you can you can you can cover that whole like okay we'll put a little bit better of a guy that'll help that put one arm here and one arm there versus a quarterback when he throws 10 interceptions you see him throw 10 interceptions there's no hiding sure, that sure. right yeah. you can't hide a bad quarterback so tell me what you guys think about Samuel Cosme. What have you known? I, so what I read is that I like him because he can pass block, and that's going to be very helpful with all the weapons we have. I, I heard his run defense, uh, run um, blocking is a little suspect. But, I mean, at that spot, I get that um, what's-his-name was there. Uh, JOK was there. But, like, we got a linebacker. You don't really need to double up on a linebacker. There are plenty of linebackers still sitting there for later rounds. So, and we didn't pick them up. So it was obvious we didn't want another linebacker. I think it was, I, I, I like Chillin Mayfield from Michigan and that went in the next round as well, but he is upside. This guy's upside and enough of a floor to be a good pass blocker right off the bat. And I think we need that. I think that's what you need in a tackle. I think the rest of the line is decent enough that we can still get Gibson to go the other way and we'll never run to the left at all. We'll just always run to the right or up the middle. And, and honestly, you don't know. Like maybe they put him out on the left side and he sucks, and then they go put him on the right side and he's a baller. Yeah, you don't know. Exactly. You might be able to move they, Morgan Moses they, to the they left. They might now. want to trade Sheriff and put him in at guard. Maybe. Yeah. So he played both in college, right? At Texas, he played right tackle his first year. He actually played left tackle the last two years. Um, so he has experience at both, which is great. He's huge. He's six foot six, three fifteen. Um, he he's got the measurements and everything. I watched a couple of his um, of his footage in his whatever all twenty two film I could find. Engages with defenders, doesn't disengage, which is exactly what you want, right? You don't want the defense alignment to be able to separate, disconnect, and run after the quarterback. Once he's got his hands on you, he maintains that engagement throughout the play. But he, he because he's so tall he's actually he looks a little wobbly like i don't think he has that great balance he's lateral latitude lateral movement is sluggish um and then after i actually watched the footage i actually started googling to see what i could actually find out about him and unfortunately people say that he's soft and he's one of those guys that people always say he's not fulfilling his potential because he's so talented but his his um work ethic doesn't match it and you he never want to. He hear doesn't that. have the dog mentality. That's what it is. You'd never want to hear that. Um, and that's what I kept finding randomly here and there on message boards that were talking about him. But he's got the talent. He's got the potential to do it. And hopefully, Ron Rivera is the kind of guy that can motivate him to do it. Yep. 
Third round pick, Benjamin St. Jew. Uh, 74th overall pick, cornerback out of Minnesota, 6'3", 200 pounds. What have you guys heard? What are you hoping to see? So this is a tall, tall corner. I think he was like 6'2 or 6'3". Mm-hmm. And like basically quick guy, tall guys, lanky guy, but he does not have hands. I, I don't think he's recorded an interception in the league. Mm-hmm. Kind of shows why he's a cornerback and not a wide receiver, but he can get his hands out there to bat balls away. Um, and that's helpful with those tall, lanky corners. Um, do I realistically, do I see this guy like making a huge impact on our team? No, I think it's more of a special teams guy, you know, come in and, you know, maybe make some plays every now and then. Fabian Monroe is exactly what, like, maybe not the exact same type of player, but I think he's going to kind of fit into that same role that mm-hmm. Fabian Monroe did. Like, just a guy that kind of comes in, makes some plays here and there, might get burned a couple times, you never know. But the fact, like, i am always been a guy that if you can build your front four, which we already have, your back four will benefit greatly that they will cover up their their misfortunes, right? So if you have like a badly thrown ball because of the front four disrupting he's only going to benefit. Right. So personally, I I'm okay with the pick because historically we have done well in the third round and you know, this is a different type of corner that we already, we don't have this type of corner. We don't have the real tall lanky guys. So even if they kind of put him in at like safety if he can bulk up or anything like that, he's a massive dude. So I'm okay with this pick. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Gogo? I hope he's Richard Sherman. I hope he's Richard Sherman, but that's a stretch. So I'm hoping that they found their Norman, right? If we get a couple years of a Norman where Norman was a guy that he was like, he wasn't, he wasn't as big as this dude. Right. But he was long enough that he, I remember he would always tap balls out of guys after they had caught them. And I'm hoping that that length can create a Josh Norman. I don't, Josh Norman is good for what, two and a half years, three years, right? right? If you can get that out of him and he has time to develop, he's, we already have um, William Jackson and we have Kyle Fuller. Just let him go into situational plays and learn. If he can just start using his length and speed to kind of recover and just tap balls out at the last second, that's great. That's the ceiling. Josh Norman's the ceiling, in my opinion. I don't, Richard Sherman is like, you know, this is the best organization of all time, which we are. And it's not going to be if, that. If they can turn him into Richard Sherman, and the reason, number one reason why I'll say he'll never be Richard Sherman is because Richard Sherman had hands. He was a wide receiver. That's right. right? I know. And I know. This I guy know. does not have hands. Um, okay. I watched some film on this guy. Um, first of all, he's Canadian, he played high school football in Canada. Um, great character guy from everything that I could read about him. A boundary corner, 100%, never played in the slot that much at Minnesota, but he played at Minnesota. He was the number one corner. What does that mean? Practices Monday to Friday, he was going against Rashad Bateman. So great experience going after a receiver that got drafted in the first round. I don't think he's got the speed to play corner. He's not going to be our slot because he doesn't have any experience playing in the slot. Like I just said, he plays boundary corner. At the senior bowl, when I looked at the highlights, they actually had him playing free safety. So it looks like some NFL coaches wanted to see what he would look like back there, maybe in anticipation or in an understanding that he probably can't play on the outside because he doesn't have that speed unless it's a zone coverage. In all the games that I watched him, 
he wasn't the kind of player like you would see in Sean Taylor. When you watch games with Sean Taylor, you would see him enter the screen going after the ball carrier. Opposite, this guy would wait for the tackle to come to him. Okay, so it tells you his mentality. He, he's, not, he's not afraid to tackle, but he's also not hungry to go make the hit. He's a hug tackler. Um, as I like to call it. When the guy gets to him, he'll hug him, he'll bring him down, and that's how he gets his tackle. There's a reason he was in the draft available still in the third round. Um, he he is who he is. I think he's a bust. I think uh, we whiffed on him. And this is the pick that we got for Trent Williams, right? Last year, 49ers gave us a third round pick. This is who we ended up with. I think we whiffed. Um, but thankfully, we had another third round pick, and I think we hit on that. What do you guys think of the UNC wide receiver Duami Brown? Duami Brown. How many how many corners are how many teams have a corner that's can run a four four? Because you need to tell me that. Because I just know that Fitzmagic got a lot of speed on this team. It's going receiver. To, I, receiver. Yeah. I, so there for me, there's two things, right? I love the pick because I think the guy's good. I think he, he's a speedster. He can he can do work, and I think in the right system, he'll kill it. They're not going to ask a lot for him. And I, and when they, he's going to be one of those guys that just kind of comes in like, Hey, run, the, run deep, just go run deep. That's all you got to do. We're going to just chuck it down there and he'll go and track the ball and he'll get it. The, the, the reason why I'm kind of like, eh, like, I, I think he's okay. I, I think we'll still do good with him. Right. Don't I'm, I'm not sad about it at all. I just personally feel like, all of our wide receivers are the same type of wide receiver. I personally would have tried to go after um, Terrence Marshall Jr., who is a massive wide receiver, like a 6'3", 6'4", guy, to kind of offset the the six-foot guys that we already have. You know, like, we we literally have this wide receiver in uh, both of the – scary terry and the samuel uh curtis samuel they're they're literally three of the exact same player yeah now in washington's defense terrence marshall jr wasn't available right in this late of the third round he was already taken um mid second round pick um gogo what do you think i will say that nico collins was still there and he's six four but he's also a speed guy um one thing i did like about brown was that he can catch contested balls I don't even like at, at this point, I don't even know if he's going to play a lot because I'm still hoping Kelvin, uh, what was his name? Not Kelvin Benjamin. Harmon. What was his? Kelvin Harmon turns out to be what I'm hoping he's going to be and be the like not Terry McLaurin and um, Curtis Samuel, right? And be kind of like a possession guy, but that's dependent on health and how much he's been running around now. Um, I still like the big man. It's so much speed. You got Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, in the third round, in the late third round, like, just take talent that you think you can make something out of, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's what they did, right? I think maybe the the type of receiver they're going for is the type of offense they want to run. And yeah. I mean, I also we don't have a great quarterback right now in the on this roster, right? So all you're gonna do is chuck it down the field and see what happens, right? I mean, I I would have liked Nico Collins because he's big, but like he would be doing the same thing just at a bigger bigger frame. Yeah, the um, national media loved this pick by us. And so because they were so high on it, I wanted to know as much as I could. So I went really far back. This dude got college offers from Alabama and Ohio state. Why did he pick UNC? He stayed home. He's from North Carolina. Um, I think that spoke a lot. 
all the film that I watched of him, he plays on the outside. He's the, he was the number two receiver, but you never saw him in the slot. He's got the speed and they use him on go routes all the time. Now that's good and bad. It's good because that means you got the speed and you're able to pinpoint the ball, track it and catch it well. It's bad because it hints that maybe you have a limited um, tree route. Um, you he don't know how to run. deep t- tree route. Right. Um, the dude had back-to-back seasons of 100 receptions. So obviously he's a weapon. Like it speaks that you're not getting injured, but it also speaks that the offense is funneling through you. So that's that's great. I saw him take a lot of big hits from defenders. Not only does he hold on to the ball, he fights for the extra yards. Um, so also great. It's okay maybe that he hasn't played that much in the slot because I imagine we're going to use him in the slot. Um, but I, I thought that was interesting. No, why would you use him in the slot when you have Curtis Samuel you have Scary Terry, who both excel in the slot. So you don't need him in the slot. You need him to be that guy on the outside. The reason I assume we would is because I think he's shorter than both of them. But no, Curtis Samuel is actually the shortest one out of all of them. Yeah, um, yeah this guy is six foot. Curtis Samuel is 5'11". Um, I think it's a good pick, I, as everyone has noted. Um, and hopefully we're all right. The, um, the one additional thing, I, I don't think I heard you mention this, but like you said, like he has one of the best catch, um, like deep balls in the game, um, out of college game. But the the big thing about that deep ball catch that he can do, he had one of the highest catch rates for deep balls, meaning mm-hmm. contested catch rates, meaning like you are covering me, your hands are in my way, you were literally stride for stride with me. I'm going to come track it. I'm going to get it. And that's big. Like you have like, you know, you, everyone's fast in the NFL. People are going to be running alongside with you. Right. So if you can literally have someone on your coattails, literally chasing you and you're able to track that ball, catch it, haul it in and keep your feet secured in the in in bounds. Like that's what more can you ask for? for Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. hundred percent. Yeah. He's one of the players that I think we should be excited for. Um, mostly because I think we whiffed on the earlier third round pick and then rolling into our fourth round pick, the tight end out of Boise state. I unfortunately think we whiffed here. Um, yeah, I don't like that pick at all. I didn't like I, that pick. Jordan Brevin on it. I'm not. I Jordan Brevin, I think was on the, on the still there or a couple picks before. And I would have rather had him coming out of Miami. He just is a more athletic pass blocking tight end. I think he had higher upside in my opinion, but I mean, it was late now at this point. I was like, I guess we got a tight end at least to help. At least it's not Jeremy Sprinkle. You know, that's where I'm at. The thing about John Bates was he was the better blocking tight end. And I think that they strictly just wanted to get a run blocking tight end for this team, especially because you, the left tackle that we just drafted is not considered to be a good blocking tight, not a good run blocking end. You know, he's a pass blocker. So I don't mind it, like, whatever, if Brevin Jordan was there. Brevin Jordan also lasted the fifth round, right? So he was taken around later. If they're drafting this guy to be a blocking tight end and he's a good blocking tight end with for a fifth-round pick, I'm okay with it. This guy is definitely a blocking tight end. That's the reason they got him. He averaged in four years playing at Boise State 12 catches a year. Some players get 12 catches a game. He averaged 12 catches a year. So he's definitely 100% a blocking tight end. Um, Slow, not very quick off the ball, 
the reason he's actually a little bit clever, whether it's intentional or not, he almost lulls the defenders to sleep when he runs routes because he's not running that fast. So I can just envision defenders seeing him in his peripherals, but because he's not moving, they kind of lose focus on him and they're trying to keep track of the fast guys. And that's when he gets open. Um, his game, or not his game, his route running reminded me a lot of Jason Witten. And I'm talking about like Jason Witten right at the end of his career. Jason Witten would somehow still get catches, but like he's not fast. So it was surprising. I don't like the pick. <laughs> Struggling there, Rush. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, like we've all said, like past fourth, fifth round, it, it's they're all shots in the dark you never know what you're gonna get like we all thought like dylan moses was gonna be drafted at some point he fell out of the draft completely like uh, i know like after every pick after the third round i was like yo let's get let's get jabril cox let's get let's go get uh dylan moses like i wanted another linebacker just in case uh jam and davis didn't turn out to be what we thought he was like i'm always the type of guy that is hey, it's okay if we draft multiple guys at that position because maybe one of them turns out to be good. And if he doesn't, you got another guy, right? So I'm okay with it. I'm not mad. Um, I, I just have that philosophy, throw, the, throw it at the dart. You see something, you see something. The thing is, we're not that late in the draft, though. Like fourth round, you're getting starters in the fourth round. I get what you're saying. And I would have that same mentality if we we're talking about a sixth or seventh round pick a fourth round pick and we only have one fourth round you can get starters in the fourth round you can um, and they found them before they they they're consistently a better third and fourth round picking team than like the second round which we had this argument about like they suck in the second round but yeah. i think fourth round real. last year we got charles sadiq or sadiq charles didn't do anything yeah, not yet. But it's a we fourth round had... last year, fourth round. I mean, let's go a little further back. We've had like I think Bashad Breeland, a starting corner, not only for our team but for a Super Bowl champion, was a fourth round pick. Um, we've hit in the fourth round, and teams that are successful hit in the fourth round. And already, I've mentioned John Bates. Our fourth round pick is probably a bust, and our corner, who's a third round pick, who absolutely should be a hit, is also potentially a bust. And let's just hope the other guys aren't bust because then we're really screwed. Um, I want to get to our fifth round pick because I, I think finally we actually did hit one here late. Derek Forrest, um, safety out of Cincinnati. Now it's funny. I think he plays more like a strong safety, which is the exact opposite of what we need. We have too many strong safeties. We need <laughs> a free safety. But if this guy is versatile and if he can play free safety, geez, he's going to help us out big time. Good hands, plays fast. And the thing I like to see the most from a free safety, obviously because of Sean Taylor, he looks to make the big play. He will bring the hit. He's not afraid to lower the shoulder. More and more of the tape that I watched of him, and I'm talking tape. So I saw the good and the bad. If you watch highlights, you're going to see a lot of good. He would miss, but he would go for the hit. And sometimes if the, if the offense player is good enough and he jukes you out of it, you're going to pay the price. And he missed sometimes, but he looks for the hit. Now, I don't know if he's a true free safety. So if he's another strong safety, he's really not going to play that much. Um, and that's where we have to wait. But he's got a high motor. He's chatty and he's confident. And I like that in my safeties. I didn't know much about him until you just told me about him. So 
I'm good with it. I did see him on a lot of mocks going, I think a little bit later, but like, again, in this, in the fifth, it's just like a fifth round pick and a sixth round pick are all the same to me. We didn't have a sixth round pick as it was. So, or we did, we did get one, but we traded, we traded it. for it. Yeah. We traded for it going into it. We did not have one. So I get it. If you just wanted to like get the guy you want and just, you don't have a pick later, you got to do what you have to do there. So I'm fine with it. But then we got a long snapper. <laughs> By the way, did you read the thing about how uh, Ron Vera was like, Hey, I don't want to pay a lot of these guys that are going to be uh, free agents. So I want to accumulate more draft picks in the seventh round so I can just get the guys that I feel like are going to be undrafted free agents that I want and then basically pay them less money. I'm fine with it. Like instead yeah, of drafting, that. instead of signing Ryan Kerrigan to come back, they drafted two edge rushers in the seventh round. I'd rather have these guys. Contract aside, they have a future potentially. Even if they're both misses, Ryan Kerrigan has no future here. He has average contributions for one more year. And I'd rather take the roll of a dice on two edge rushers at a Penn State and Baylor that may become something. Yeah. Most likely they won't, but I'd rather take the roll of the dice. The Penn State guy, though, like, personally, I this is just that feeling that I have that he can be our Tim Settle in that rotation. Like, it's not Which like he's a bad guy at Penn State. Like, he, he played pretty well. He just didn't have, like, the, the accolades that all the other guys did. Right. And personally, I like, if he can be the, the Tim Settle – but on the outside, like, dude, he's not going to get playing time, right? Like, you got you got Montez Sweat and you got um, Chase Young on the outside. Like, who's going to start over them, too? Right. That's oh. why you need these seventh-round rookies to just learn and be behind them. And they're not yeah. going to press for starting he's, coverage. He's he is an outside be guy. guy. Be a rotation guy. You know, some block a kick every once in a while. Who knows? Like, I don't know. Right. But just, just be a guy and do your job, and that's all we need from him. Yeah. I watched a little bit of footage. This is where I was starting to taper off. He's undersized, like you could just tell, but without me even checking his measurements, you could tell he was the smallest guy on his D-line. But because he's small, he's quick. He has a great swim move. He doesn't have any power moves. I don't even think I ever saw him try to make a power move on an offensive tackle. Um, but he uses his agility, and he wins some matchups. Like, he was a starter at Penn State. Like, that's a Division One program that's no joke. Um, I think he'll be a great depth player. Uh, you'll see him on special teams. I'm sure you'll see him on kickoff team. And um, if for any reason uh, Sweat or Young needs a breather for a play, this is not a bad alternative. Um, he's a depth player, and that's what you that's what you look for at the minimum in the seventh round. Um, I have nothing to say about the BYU receiver. I haven't watched any film. Yeah. Will Bradley King didn't impress me as much as Shaka Tony. Um, and then I think we made the worst mistake in drafting this and actually not even just drafting this long snapper. We traded a fifth round pick to our rival to get a six and a seventh in return. We traded a fifth for a six and a seventh. Um, that's embarrassing, but yeah, we drafted a long snapper cheese, man. I mean, we should trade him for the Packers just for his name. Um, but that's <laughs> the draft in the books. Um, people are giving us, I think high B low A's as a yeah. grade. Um, put us as obviously way too soon to tell, but makes us feel better at least for the time being. It does. <laughs> uh, I'm um, gonna give us a low B to be honest. Yeah, I, I would have low B really wish that we somehow got a quarterback 
or even like got Jamie Newman as an undrafted quarterback? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay with not going quarterback just yet. I just want the first two picks of our draft to hit, and we need one more to hit from any of the other picks. And this will be a successful draft, but you have to have your first two guys hit um, because those are starters. And then other than that, if we can get a Dwami Brown or the safety out of Cincinnati hit, I'll be, I'll be content. Um, but yeah, that's the NFL draft boys. It was fun. I think the Eric flowers trade to start it off really helped us um, because we didn't need to go find a guard in the draft. Yeah. And- they didn't have to reach. That was, that was, that was solid. Cause I was always like, we need offensive line. And I'll always forget. We like, Oh, we have Eric flowers now. I kept forgetting that. So it, it, it made the pressure of getting more O-line help off, which was good. Mm-hmm. But it didn't intrigue me about like how we do have a bunch of defensive players, defensive linemen, but we still added to the defensive line instead of adding to the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, offensive line is actually very plentiful. Like they're not all going to make the roster. Same with receiver. Like we're going to come to a point in time where we're realizing Antonio Gandy, golden cam sins. Um, some of these guys aren't going to make the roster. Steve. Sims, um, you can't, you can't. Yeah. there's no point in my opinion. Like I know like a lot of people were very high on, Gandy Golden and stuff. I personally just don't care. It's like he he had one year to prove himself. He didn't do it. Now we got another guy. Like uh, I'm gonna take Curtis Samuel, who can perform now, over him any day. Absolutely. Right. They're not that's gonna cut him was, after one year. That's now. why I have been preaching from the get go. Go get me another wide receiver because I don't care which wide receivers are here that have the potential to grow and groom. Get me someone that can perform now. We yeah. we have a great defense now. We don't have a great defense in a couple of years when these guys will be developed. Cam Sims has been on practice squad for however long now, and he just finally cracked the squad. Get him out of here. He's not, he's not going to be a guy that is leading the league in receptions or getting 1,000 yards. He'll never be that guy. Well, then every now and then a Doug Baldwin pops up and you don't want to miss on that. So you definitely don't want to be hasty. I agree with you. 99% these guys don't make it. Um, but don't forget Doug Baldwin, undrafted star. Um, yeah, so they're it, out there. Tony Brown, yeah. You do, these guys do. Yes, they do come in and they do perform. But what do they also do? They beat out the starters in front of them. True. Right? True. If Antonio Gandy, Golden, or whatever his name is, is going to be a stud someday, beat out the starters in front of you now. Right. I think we're going to see some surprising cuts. Kelvin Harmon, I think, is a fan favorite. I think he had a good rookie year. He may be a cut. Um, he may be a casualty. There's too many receivers. I don't think they're going to cut um, Humphreys, the slot veteran receiver that they signed at a free agency. Um, I think, I think he's got a guaranteed more. spot. I think their rookie uh, that we just talked about in the fourth round, Dwami Brown, I think he's a guaranteed spot. So you already have there with Samuel and um, obviously Terry, you got four guys locked in. You can only probably carry two more. To be honest, I don't think Adam Humphreys is a lock. Oh, I think he's a lock. I mean, I might be wrong. Yeah. So you have, you have, okay. The three locks that I see personally at wide receiver, scary Terry, Curtis Samuel and Duane Brown. Those are the three locks, Mm -hmm. right? All three or two of those guys play in the slot. So why would they need Humphreys to start in the slot when you have two of those other guys? If Brown comes in and shows out, like if he's able to beat out Humphreys for that position, 
to play on the outside while you put in Scary Terry in the slot or a Curtis Samuel in the slot, what is the point of having Adam Humphreys? He's just a veteran leader. Well, you just you just said it, right? It's not just from a competitive on the field standpoint. It's what do the coaches want? Do they want this veteran, good character guy in the locker room, in the practice uh, room with these guys, these younger guys? But you also have veterans in Curtis Samuel. You also have veterans in Scary Terry now. Like these guys are not rookies anymore. They're not rookies, but they're also like veteran is a it's a difficult term. They're experienced, but they're still in their young twenties. Like yeah. they've been in the league for more than four years. I agree, but they're not guys that are like you know outside of the locker room, seen as an adult. And there's benefit to that. And Ron's the kind of guy that would seek out that benefit, would pay for that kind of benefit. Um, but I agree with you. I, he's maybe he's not as lock of a, as I thought he might be. But let let's see. We'll we'll dive into Redskins depth chart. And I mean, he's definitely more of a lock in my opinion than like Cam Sims, right? Like I yeah, think yeah, Cam sure. Sims is definitely going to be fighting for his job. Right. I hope they cut them both at this point. I hope they cut them both. All right, cut boys. them both and cut both the running backs, Peyton Barber and McKissick, and anybody else in that room. McKissick's <laughs> staying, dude. I hate that. I hate that. Get Why? Gibson wow. just leave. Lamar Miller, please cut him too. Even if he's on the practice squad, just Gibson and find somebody else that's chilling out there. Somewhere. I'm okay with McKissick because, dude, he produces. It's not like he was a bum I, on our team. That's fair. Peyton Barber, though, can we cut him? Can we agree yes, on something? Yes, cut him. Thank I'm you. with you there. There, that's where we're there. Dive into Washington depth chart as training camp approaches. But until then, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And make sure you subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Catch right, you next bye, week on I Call Next.